This is Let's Get Real with your realtor hosts, Mallory Myers and Rob Calabro, talking real life and real estate. From the Buckeye State to the Sunshine State, this is Let's Get Real. Welcome in. What's going on, Mal? Hey, Rob. How are you? Happy New Year. Happy New Year's. Yes, our first, (laughs) uh, technically our first episode of 2022. Um, uh, So today we've got some good stuff. Uh, It's all 2022 related predictions. We're going to talk about the the article we have about home trend, uh, home trends that we're going to see in 2022, as well as some of the market forecasting for this year. So uh, that's all good stuff. And then we'll do a little behind the scenes, some, some stories from each of us. Um, so you ready to jump in? Let's go. All right. Awesome. <laughs> um, okay. So the thing I just mentioned, the 12 home trends, of home decor trends that we're going to see in 2022. You and I were talking about this article and it is from Food52. So we could get a link on the YouTube for that. Um, there's just a couple of good ones on here. I know we wanted to discuss number one yeah. or the second one, decorative cabinetry. You mentioned you like this trend. Yes, I do. I like that. It's not, it adds some style. Sometimes they're what I've noticed in homes. There's a pop of color. It just adds a little bit of personality to the home. Um, mm-hmm. so I'm a, I'm a huge fan of that. Um, whether it's in the kitchen or in the bathrooms, I, I love it. Um, so I'm a, I'm a big fan of it. What about Have you? Have you actually seen it in properties yet? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, throughout this last year, I've seen more color, um, whether most, most of the time it's in the bathroom and it's, it's not like super vibrant or crazy. It's like, um, a pretty charcoal or a blue with gold hardware, mm-hmm. um, a little bit different of a design. And I just think it, it, it's attractive. It, it can be attractive. Obviously depends on how you do it, but yes, I have see, seen it and I like it. Can be is the key word there. For yes. Me. So yes. like I see some of these things and yeah, if you've got like, if you hired a stager or you hired a home decorator or you're just really good with that stuff, then these, these type of pieces can look awesome in a bathroom um, or, or a kitchen or wherever. I think the in this article, the example they used was in a bathroom, but um, mm-hmm. it, you can also take a really bright, like decorative looking thing and not have it matched up correctly. And mm-hmm. it just kind of sticks out and looks weird. So, I mean, for me, when I'm th- like thinking about how we're going to like design a remodel of a, of a property or something, I look for more neutral stuff because mm-hmm. I think it's like easier to get everything to look clean and flow and all that. Um, but I have seen it done really well. So I like the trend if you're into uh, designing and, and you have a lot of um, creative uh juices flowing that you're like Mm -hmm. yeah you know this goes with that and it matches and if you do it correctly i think it can be pretty cool Um, yeah i definitely agree it kind of goes along with the um the other one that was on here loads of texture which was number four Mm -hmm. um with this uh with all the design trends we're seeing um i feel like things that we saw back like that from the eighties and nineties that were like ugly are sort of yeah. coming back around in a much cleaner way, but yeah. they are coming back around. 
Yeah, I totally agree. When I was looking through this list, I was like, wow, I feel like I could find all these pieces in my grandma's basement, you know, <laughs> yeah. and she was very, <clears throat> she was very classy style, not like your typical, you know, grandma style. But um, I was looking through the list and I was just like, <clears throat> excuse me, like she was ahead of the time. But also we're, we're going back and, and picking and choosing what we like from each decade or what we like from each, you know, style and pretty much just throwing it together as one. Um, that's what it kind of seems like. I mean, this article says that there's going to be mix and mixes of like velvets and, and woven furniture and different types of carpet. And um, it sounds uh, scary when you say it yeah. like that but what if you look at it in the picture you know whatever the design inspiration is it actually doesn't look that bad it looks really pretty and still clean like you said yeah like what you said about your grandma's stuff like that's that's funny but it's really true so uh growing up my my mom's mother my my grandparents on my mom's side had these like um bright gold like velvet couches and they had this really nice wooden um like it was like gold velvet and some like like wood worked in on like the the sides and stuff um but they were so out of place for their living room it just yeah. was weird and and I never thought of it like as being but I I think of that couch and how like funky it is and then like think of some of today's design trends like you could you know you get a, a a designer or somebody in there um you could really make that thing look awesome in, in the right type of setting and um i i definitely have a lot of uh, nostalgia for like the, some of those trends from the 80s and 90s so hopefully we do see some of those come back around because i i like all the color um, i agree i agree and another one on the list was is um kind of brings that in with the vintage and reclaimed mm -hmm, so definitely. if you if you i mean go to your local antique you know thrift kind of consignment decor uh furniture shops and you could probably find some really cool pieces that can blend together and match this kind of theme for the for the year oh absolutely yeah there's some awesome stuff out there um i I, I think I talked about this on the previous episode about that builder who had done like the reclaim barn and they staged an entire new build uh, model home with reclaim stuff, which I thought was awesome. It's definitely on trend. I mean, from what I'm seeing from a buyer demand standpoint, like those type of pieces in the right property could definitely make it pop. So uh, when it comes to um, a home staging standpoint, finding stuff like that if, if it's the right piece and you do it do it in the right way it can it can uh, look awesome yeah for sure and I, it will be interesting to see how the stagers do the homes this year if they will if they're going to use what you know these trends say in, mm -hmm. in the homes that we'll end up seeing that are vacant but staged yeah so number three was sustainability practices have you seen that at all or have you noticed that um let's kind of go back up to sustainability is the new sexy i love it <laughs> yes well i mean so um, yeah I, like manufacturers or like manufacturers taking recycled product and creating something right. i think that's really cool um right i don't know that i would see a piece and notice it and be like you know 
I like it because of that factor. But right. when I hear about like companies doing that, I think it's great. No, I, I agree. And here, um, it, it, it's definitely big here. So I think that we'll start seeing it more and more. Um, especially if it can help reduce electric bills or whatever, you know, water, um, for things like that in the home, I think that people are trying to get creative to save money. Um, and again, if, if building things is so expensive right now, people are looking into other options. So it shall be interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay. So my favorite one on the list was number seven in home bars. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. And this picture is really nice. It's a really nice looking home bar. I don't think everybody could have a home bar that looks like this. Yes, I'm envious of that one particularly. And I mean, we don't have a base. Well, we have a basement, but it is not the kind of basement that you would finish. It's more of like a, a storage area at best. And mm -hmm. so uh, someday maybe I will uh, find a house. My wife wants us to find a house now, but someday we'll get a house with a nice basement <laughs> and do a little bar in the basement like my parents had yeah. growing up. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Which I don't know if you remember that bar, but the my grandpa actually built the, did the tile work. He was a brick mason. He did the tile work on that bar in my parents' house. So really cool. Oh, that's um, awesome. Someday I aspire to have a bar like that in my house, but we definitely don't yet. But um, yeah. whatever I'm showing with clients and they want to do like a man cave or something in the basement, yeah, that's a huge bonus. It is, yeah. Or like um, a mother-in-law suite or she shed or whatever it is to kind of have that be the, the entertaining space or like you said, the man cave. But it's interesting because it does, you know, kind of talk about the pandemic and how that plays an mm -hmm. effect with some of these trends. And, then the, and the next one I know we'll discuss, it actually, it does tie that in as well. But, you know, when you're working from home and you're not really, you know, you're trying to have something to create joy without you know maybe risking your health if you have to go out yeah. and maybe you know you're immune compromised so it's interesting um well that it's and, on here and not only i think of at home yeah of course the first thought is like a cool bar in your basement or somewhere but i mean i'm seeing this trend with coffee bars like people want mm -hmm. like a special coffee station in yeah. or near their kitchen like that yeah. and that's one of my favorite trends i love a good coffee station yeah um, same and and you can even get like a nice wet bar set up uh in your main level it doesn't have to be in the basement but that i think is definitely a trend that we're going to continue to see going forward for like yeah. you just said more uh more reasons to entertain and stay home in today's day and age yeah yeah um, yeah and that with the pandemic and everything on um number 10 on the list was closed floor plans mm which is insane to me because just think about all of the homes we've been seeing and what our clients want and it's open floor plan it's it, they want a big kitchen they want to be able to entertain they want to see their guests while they're in the kitchen you know when you're when you have a party where are you 90 percent of the time in the yeah. kitchen yeah uh so I, this is very interesting very interesting i 
I haven't had anybody tell me that they want to get away. I, I'll take that back. I've had one or two clients, you know, tell me they prefer like having their separate spaces. In fact, I'll tell you what. Yes. That agreed. is that is something I've I've heard more often lately is we want mm-hmm. to have, you know, different spaces to do different things. You know, if I'm working from home, I want my agreed. spouse to have their own space to work from home or their own space to do this. So in a way I can see that like where the idea comes from, but I haven't had yeah. anybody come to me and say, we're really looking for a house that, that has a closed off floor plan. Just haven't seen that yet. Um, but I think about like, so a really me either. in, in Florida, I don't know if they have this, but probably not because you guys don't do basements in Florida. But in Columbus, uh, in Ohio, a really popular floor plan is called a five-level split. It actually has five levels, uh, uh, like a half. One of the lower levels is like halfway down, and then the next one is all the way down. Um, And that is a pretty popular floor plan because it gives you some openness, but it also Mm -hmm. gives you some separated spaces to do different, you know, have different areas of your home set up for whatever you need them for. Um, yeah so interesting China that's not like a new floor plan or anything but I have noticed people like asking about it and liking that layout no it is interesting because um I I kind of can envision exactly what you're talking about my dad has a house like that and mm-hmm. it it's it has it's kind of funky because on the outside you don't realize it's as big as it is on the inside but it has one when you walk in you know there's half of it is like the main floor and then you have staircases, one, you know, five steps going upstairs, five steps going downstairs. Yep. And then that downstairs area has another downstairs. So you go down like 10 stairs for a basement. Um, and he has a loft and he has two bedrooms up there. And then you have that whole like weird entertaining space and a guest bedroom. And then a ba- it's just odd. But again, it has, it's a great floor plan if you work from home and you're a married couple working from home and you need two completely separate spaces. Um, you definitely have it in a floor plan like that. I agree. Okay. So that's interesting. Are we coming full circle on this and now saying that maybe, <laughs> probably maybe closed floor plans are possible? Um, no, I, I, I think I, not for a kitchen. I think that I think that, you know, closed floor plans, you pretty much just want separate spaces, whether it's some people are asking for more bedrooms now, they want four bedroom houses so they can have a guest room and two designated office spaces. You know, they're definitely looking for more space to do the things they need to do to work from home, but I don't think it's a closed floor plan thing. I Okay, I think I 100% agree. More space is not necessarily a closed off floor plan. Um, are you seeing in your market, cause I feel like I'm seeing this here. Are you seeing a trend of people, uh, wanting to get outside of the, um, highly trafficked, like downtown areas? So what I'm seeing is that people have no other option. Mm-hmm. but to go outside of those areas because okay. it is, yeah. it is just growing. It's so expensive. They're building and building and building. I mean, millions and millions and millions of dollars are going into our downtowns. Yeah. So where people want to be is close to the action, but they're being forced outside of it because they can't afford to keep up with the prices. I mean, rent is, I mean, 20, 25% rent increases. It's you crazy. Know, it's crazy. And there's nothing but apartments downtown St. Pete and condos. Mm-hmm. And then the single family home neighborhoods around it, 
their their prices are jumping up because of the demand of being close to downtown. Yep. So that's what I'm seeing. Okay. Yeah, and I tend to agree. So like the the trend I feel like I'm noticing, and I've read this in other um, you know articles and things, is that people are um, wanting to get outside they they want a walkable walkable area they want close proximity but they don't necessarily need to be on top like in the downtown business district and you're right as prices continue to increase in some of the like more more high demand areas then people are seeing where they can get value um, I mean, personally, the way I see it is if, if you've got a, a suburb that has a nice downtown area, but offers some good value as far as the price points and the style of home you can get, like that's going to trend upward over the next few years, I think. I mean, we know, like I know here in Columbus, some of the, the um, neighborhoods that have always been really popular are going to continue to always be in high demand but as the prices continue to increase buyers especially newer buyers and first-time home buyers are going to look for where they can get more value um, outside of some of those neighborhoods mm, yeah uh, yeah but we'll have to see um so okay number 11 on the list this is good for florida i think but maybe i'm wrong indoor outdoor living spaces yes yeah i mean that's pretty much our sunrooms right like it's mm -hmm. it's it's being able to enjoy being outside and having um having it be accessible to open sliding doors or open all the windows just mm -hmm. to feel like you're outside but also it rains a lot here you know in the summer it's like every day at three o'clock here's yep. the rain like you just yep. know that don't let it cancel your beach plans just keep going because by the time you get to the beach it'll be done yeah um so it kind of there's a ton of sunroom spaces a lot of homes that have um full full wall sliding glass doors so that on a very beautiful day they can open it all up enjoy their pool enjoy their backyard um especially in the spring and the and um the winter when it actually is nice enough to open up all your windows and your doors yeah i absolutely love that part about like a lot of florida houses is you've got like where you can literally just like slide open all the doors and like take mm -hmm. your living room into your outdoor space obviously we don't see that as much here um, but I would love to see that as a little bit more of a trend um, in the Ohio market or even in Columbus, uh, because, I mean, I do see people spending more money and spending more time on their backyards and, mm -hmm. you know, building a nice paver patio, building a nice deck, creating a more livable space. And I've said this for a while, is that even though, you know, if you can create an app, uh, uh, outdoor living space that is in as a really nice living space that adds value to your home it's not the same as adding finished square footage but it is similar to adding an addition to your house because it's giving people another place to live and to spend time as long as it's mm -hmm. done correctly and done really nicely it's going to add a lot of value i agree it's a it's a quality of life thing right like if i if i had a little nook in ohio where it's like all glass windows and i can enjoy my coffee in the morning and read mm -hmm. and i it's a beautiful winter morning or it's you know a rainy morning or you know you have more seasons of opportunities to enjoy the weather 
temperature wise, you know, yeah. and not be like 99 degrees with 99 degree humidity, you know, it's, it's a little bit different, enjoyable experience. I would love that and to enjoy like the different seasons. So I, I, I agree. I think that people love to enjoy the outdoor space. So why not make it one? Yeah. Yeah, totally. All right. Let's, let's lock, let's move on and talk about our predictions or not our predictions, but some predictions for the 2022 real estate market. Yes. What the people really want to know what is going to happen in 2022. Yeah. Okay. So we're looking at, um, we're looking at a market that uh, you sent me, which was from keeping current matters. Um, Mm -hmm. Will home prices go up or down in 2022? Okay, so according to this article, they have they have uh, pulled numbers from one, two, three, four, five, six different um, national economic places like Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, the NAR, um, and the average prediction for 2022 home price forecast is. 5.1%. So, according to all these different economic firms, they believe on average that the value the values of homes across the United States is going to go up about 5%. Now, yeah. I don't know that's what the great. Num- that's that's great. And it, it's it's I don't know what the numbers have been in Florida, but I can tell you in Columbus Year over year, we're at somewhere between 13 and 16% home price appreciation, which is a very Mm -hmm. substantial number. So bringing that back down to 5% is, in my opinion, not going to be too bad for the market. It might be really good for the market. We're going to find some buyers can can get a home and can uh, more, uh, more, people can afford a property potentially but Mm -hmm. on the flip side home sellers aren't losing anything they're just not gaining as much as they were in as fast of a of a time frame right right yeah the five uh the five percent is nothing in compared to what we've been seeing with like 20 percent over 2020 and 2021 crazy like insane so i think people can breathe a little sigh of relief that five to 6% over 2022 is not going to be as scary. Um, but obviously with interest rates also starting to climb up mm-hmm. and, you know, they predict they will. Um, some of the articles I w- was reading up to put, you know, worst case scenario up to 4% by the end of the year. Yeah. So I'm sure that's not really going to be that significant of a jump right away, but that's why starting the process to home buy now is so crucial because if the home prices are going up, if your interest rates are going up, you know, obviously you're not going to get the same house that you could now for the same price later. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, that's, that's a good point, um, that I wanted to talk about next is, Okay, so home price appreciation is predicted to decrease, which means the rate of appreciation is not going to be as high, but it does not mean that the home values are decreasing. So yes. if you're in the market today saying, I'm going to wait till prices go down and I'm going to get a deal, these numbers aren't telling us that that's going to happen. 
Um, right. What they're telling us is that the values of properties across the country are going to still go up in value. So if you wait, you're still going to pay it. Like if this number is correct, you're going to still pay somewhere between five and 7% higher at the end of this year than you would at the, the beginning of this year. The difference is you're also going to have a higher interest rate. So, mm -hmm. so, you know, yeah, maybe if you're looking at a, a very long uh, time frame, you might see more relief, but I haven't seen a whole lot of economic predictions that say that we're going to see prices go down. Um, yeah, in 08, no. prices did decrease, but that was pretty rare. If you look at the whole scope of the market since like the 1900s, that I don't know if that maybe happened like maybe once or twice over the last 100 years. So the likelihood that the that you actually get a house to cost less in six months or 10 months than it would today is not very likely. Right. Yeah, it's, it's not. So when you hear those people that are saying, well, I'm just going to wait to see what happens. I'm going to wait. It's going to crash, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. It's not going to crash. It's not going to crash. We're just, um, we're hopeful for more inventory, which would help our buyers to not yeah. have to compete against every single house with 30 offers, you know, maybe three offers instead, <laughs> which gives you a whole better, you know, That'd be wonderful. Yeah. Three, you know, if I could compete against three, we got this, but you yeah. know, last year it was 30, 30 offers on a house. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're seeing, I do believe that we'll see a little bit more inventory. Um, now that we can educate sellers and say, listen, like there's options for you to close and still have a roof over your head if you need to. Um, cause I know a lot of them are afraid. What are they going to do if they can't find a house, right. um, in 30 days? So, you know, I know we mentioned it before. Um, but there's, there's options that the seller has. So if we can continue to educate them on that, then we, I think that we'll be able to see more inventory hit the market and the fear will start to kind of go away. Um, so hopefully we'll get more inventory and that'll help as well. Yeah. I mean, the, um, the increase in rates will definitely provide some relief to buyers in this market. Um, it, you know, the, the difference, between a, a half a percent and a percent or a quarter percent, they can be substantial depending on your price point. Now, I don't think right. that it's, we're going to see any type of rate increase that just kills the market. Um, it, you know, like you said, the predicted average towards the end of this year could be in the high threes or 4%. Um, when I bought my personal residence three or four years ago, our rate was 4.875. And that was fine at the time. It, wow. it wasn't that big a deal. Um, yeah. And obviously now we're like getting spoiled with rates, you know, locking on a, um, uh, a multifamily investment property at 3.5 is like a crazy good deal. And um, so we are a little spoiled, but rates going up could actually help the market a little bit and it's not going to kill the market. Um, yeah. But if you are a right. buyer and you are taking action now, it's something to consider. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so let's let's circle back because you touched on this a little bit, but we didn't really dive into it. Will the housing inventory rise in 2022? What is your prediction for that? I think it will. I think that um, the fear is going to kind of, of, like I mentioned a few moments ago, the fear of where am I going to go? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um is going to start to fade people are going to look into other options um 
again, uh, I'm not sure if we covered this before, but there's a lease back option that's really popular right now. Mm -hmm. So sellers have to sell to buy. So put your house on the market, tell the, all of the buyers, listen, like I'm going to need to rent this from you for let's say 90 days to make sure that I have a house that I close and I can move into, but I need the cash from this home to do so. A lot of buyers are okay with that right now because they just want the house. Yeah. So as a seller, again, you have total control in your hands. If you can't move out in 30 days, you don't have to yes. put your house on the market, cash out and take advantage of it while you can and say, listen, like I'm going to rent this from you for 90 days and then, you know, you can move in. So I, I hope that we'll start to see more of more strength and confidence in sellers. Um, so I, I, I do hope, and I do think that we'll start to see an increase in inventory. Yeah. And I, that specifically to that point about the seller uh, rent back agreements, I, I, we see it a lot here in Columbus. Um, I would recommend to people that you get a real lease agreement or at least a pretty detailed rent back agreement yes. in place along with your purchase contract, because at that point in time, the buyer becomes the owner of the property and the seller is renting it from them. So, right. you know, do, being thorough on that part of it is really important, especially to protect the buyers, because I, I know from personal interactions with a lot of people, that's not, they will do it. Buyers will, will happily do it to get the house, but it's not ideal because right. they're, they're then becoming responsible for the property and then they start worrying about that things that could happen so you know right. as long as you protect yourself correctly it works out it, it, absolutely. it usually works out absolutely and and i have done it before where you know you create a lease and you know you, you create an agreement and um it, it it like you said it usually does work out yeah so to get back to the the question about inventory i mean my my feeling from what I'm seeing and reading is that we're going to have a very front-loaded market in 2022. I think that because of the threat of raising rates, people are going to be rushing to try to get something done. But the way I think about it is that uh, the strength of the market is usually driven by the consumer's confidence in the marketplace. So right now that their consumers are going to be rushing to get something done and hopefully sellers can take advantage of that in the first six months of this year but people are going to notice um and the back half of this year that the market is still moving homes are still selling and i don't think there's going to be any kind of crazy drop off um you and i were discussing earlier about the inman predictions and the the one prediction that that um they mentioned was that 2022 was going to become a buyer's market. And I disagree with that. And I know you do too. Yeah. To, to explain to our listeners, you know, by definition, a buyer's market means that we would have more than six months of inventory of supply of inventory on the market, which means if we stopped putting houses on the market and just sold through the homes that were currently on the market, it would take six months to sell through that inventory. That's how we would define a buyer's market. And you think yeah. about that. And do you think that, that being that right now, I mean, in Columbus, it's, it's an average of about one or below one month supply of inventory, depending on the location that you're looking at. So do I think that it's going to get to six months? 
Probably not. Not at all. No, we're a one month as well. And yeah. there's, it's, it's no way. I mean, I would love to see that happen um, for my buyers, you know, in a, in a sense, I'd love to see them have a little bit of relief. Um, but at the same time, I do not see that prediction at all. Yeah, but if it co if it increases a little bit to maybe a two or three month supply of inventory, yeah, yeah. Um, that'd be great, right? That could it would help. be great. Yeah, that could help a lot of our clients out that are just you know just want to get into a house and have a place to call home. Um, yeah, absolutely. So I guess we'll have to wait and see how that. Turns I guess out. we'll we'll touch back on this in uh, December. Do you <laughs> see have, how everything worked out? Do you have any other uh, 2022 predictions that we should discuss? Um, I think that we'll start to see a lot more um, virtual home staging. I think that we'll you know start to see some more um, high definition uh, virtual tours online because a lot of people are looking from out of state and I think it makes things easier for them to look at a home that way. So mm -hmm. I have noticed some pretty cool tours that are done that way now, which is is really awesome for somebody that, for example, I just recently had a client who wanted to see a property and they were accepting highest and best that day at five o'clock. And my client couldn't get in there before then, but the agent had already done this really awesome detailed walkthrough and recorded a link, um, sent me the link. I was able to send it to my buyer so they could at least make a decision from there if they were comfortable on submitting an offer, something they haven't seen. Um, so I think it's a, I think that would be a really good option to do for those people that, you know, we mentioned last week, I believe that, you know, a 12 hour window of showings only, you know, yeah. not everybody can get in that. Um, so how can we get that exposure for more eyes, you know, quickly? I think that would be something we, we really take off. Yeah, that's, that's a really good point. Something that we as listing agents need to think about um, in helping as many people get exposure to the property as possible. Now, something that I always um, evaluate when I'm getting ready to list a property is this, that the specific condition of that property. So um, like the virtual tours, uh, the Matterport, you're familiar with Matterport. Yeah. It's, it's that really nice in-depth, like 360 view virtual tour that we can do. Cert, certain properties are really good candidates for that. If they're in really yes. great condition, if they're clean, if they're staged. Um, and in some properties, we can actually tell a little bit of a better story of the property without that. If right. it's got some wear and tear and just, you know, I'm not saying that we don't want to show the, the full thing, but we may get more buyers in doing it the other way. So that's something I consider when mm -hmm. I'm like guiding somebody as to how to market the property. But you're right. In today's day and age, we got to do everything we can. And I'll be honest, virtual tours, even like with your phone, with the camera can do a really good job. I, we just, I had a client this past week, uh, an off market property, they're out of state and we're just doing a, a tour that way. And it, it doesn't tell the whole story, but it, 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 for most buyers, it can put you in a position where you can make a decision, you know? Yeah. And then yeah, after that, you'll uncover, you know, more if you need to during a home inspection or, or whatnot. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. That's what I do. I have a ton of out of state buyers right now and I do full detailed videos and I break down the videos a minute, a minute and a half, because I want to detail how you walk in the room, how you walk in the kitchen, where the kitchen is to the back 
bathrooms? Where, what does the street view look like? What, you know, there's a lot of details outside of here's the kitchen, here's the bathroom. You know, there's, there's a lot more to make you want to buy a home. Oh yeah. And when you're doing that video tour, like you forget all the angles and things you have to get. Cause like when you just walk through with somebody, you know, it doesn't take too long. They see the room that you see the room, but with your right. camera, there's a lot more attention to detail that has to go into it. Yep. All right. So what about, you? Um, what about me as far as 2022 predictions? Predictions. Yeah. You know, um, I think, I think that, as far as from a market standpoint, I think we're going to continue to see that the trend of um, people trying to find more value um, in uh, certain parts of. For me, I think about Columbus when 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 I'm answering this question, and I think about mm -hmm. the different the areas of popularity, and I think that we're going to see new neighborhoods and new areas become more and more popular as buyers find value where they hadn't before um, and that, that only comes up because i i mean you look at the pricing and you say okay this property last year would have been two hundred and sixty thousand. this year it's three hundred and fifteen thousand, and that's a totally different category of buyer so yeah. what is that buyer left to do well either a they just bump up in price and they pay the difference whatever mm -hmm. or b they start looking for alternate options a comparable neighborhood or a comparable area that could give them sort of still what they're looking for so i think from a, a local market trend there's some areas that that are gonna become higher in demand because of that factor um i don't know as from a national standpoint, like I, I agree with, with what we talked about earlier. I think we're going to see a very fast paced market. I mean, I know mm -hmm. it's starting in January already. The, mm -hmm. It's just crazy here. And I'm sure it's crazy there too. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is definitely. All right. Well, let's move on to our behind the scenes segment. Are you I know ready? you. I know you have one. I don't even know if I have one yet, but maybe I'll get my my thinkers on while you tell yours. All right, why yeah, don't you tell get, me yours, Rob? You get the juices, the thoughts flowing um, while I'm. The, so, yeah. so as you know, um, I renovate a lot of properties. We were currently under construction on two different rental properties, and um, in, in construction, I mean, we're just renovating. We're not building from scratch or anything. Um, but this is, uh, this is a story about, about setting the right expectations for people you work with. So, um, not, not real estate agents, but in this case, I'm talking about contractors, um, mm. because everybody who owns a home or, or aspires to own a home or own rental properties or whatever is going to have to deal with contractors and problems. Um, I recently had as I said, we're renovating this property. Um, one of the things that has to happen is we're creating a window in an area of the property uh, of the house that doesn't currently have anything. It's framed for a window and then it's covered with siding. Mm. I hired a contractor two months ago to, to get me a quote, measure, get me a quote, and install the window in that area. And I like him. He, I've used him. He has, it's a company. It's not just one person, but... Um, they have done a good job for me in the past. I didn't think anything of it when I asked them. They went out, they measured and all this stuff. I never got a quote though. 
I didn't think anything of it because I kind of trusted that they would just like, I'd done this exact project in another house. So I I know exactly what to expect for the the cost and everything. But anyways, Mm -hmm. um, they tell me this week that they are too busy and can't handle the project. And Mm. this was two months ago. So I think to myself, wait a minute, you couldn't tell me two months ago that you couldn't handle this project that you waited and and I you know I of course I'm just like sending texts every once in a while like hey what's going on and I'll just get like you know an update without anything you know we're working on it or whatever um not really get a a, a solid update so for me the lesson is that I needed to have somebody else in the pipeline like as a backup or I needed mm. to and I, I never thought to get a, a some sort of written contract. I mean, I'll get written agreements on a lot of things, but this is just a window, you know, one window mm-hmm. in a in a contractor that I've used before and I thought would do a good job. So, um, it's it's kind of a gripe, I know, <laughs> but mm, that's at the same so time, frustrating. It's really frustrating because uh, that means that my my guy who's framing and drywall can't complete his portion of the project because that window has to get installed so that we can frame around it and and drywall up to the edges and like so it it sort of sets the whole project back right and now i got to go find somebody else and i it just frustrates me because i could have been working on finding somebody else two months ago if you just would have said hey i can't handle this project and what I think about it is from a contractor standpoint is it's really, really bad customer service. It, you so know, bad. It, and it may not make financial sense for him to uh, pull a crew member off of another job to go do one small project. But from a customer st- service standpoint, in the long run, it would make sense because I'd remodel a lot of properties and what am I going to do? Hire you again, even though you like screwed me on this project? Of course not. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but unfortunately this is a lesson that if you deal with contractors, you will learn for sure um, at some point in time, because it's not the first time something like this has happened, but I was surprised and disappointed. Yeah. That is so upsetting. That's so, we've talked about this a few times in business lately where if, just communicate. My feelings mm-hmm. are not going to get hurt if you communicate with me at the very beginning. If you tell me I don't have time to do this, tell me. Don't make me waste two months of productivity because you are afraid to give me bad news or mm-hmm. you just push me aside. I'd rather you tell me, listen, I really love your business, but I can't take it on right now. I have a really great guy that I'll send you his information you know, why, why don't you see if he can help you or, Hey, no problem. I'll see if one of my other guys can do it. Thank you for letting me know. Yeah. I, might, I would still like call you again to see if you could do a future business with me because you were honest and upfront and I, I still really like you. I still really want to do business with you. If you can take it on in the future, but if you give me two months <laughs> of nothing, now I'm just frustrated. Right. I mean, like you said, why not be a problem solver and help me get the like help me find somebody else make you know do something instead of just saying oh sorry i can't and it, it makes me think of like you and i like what if we took a client to see a house and we showed them the property and there was an offer deadline and the 
day before the offer or the day of the offer deadline, they want, they tell us they want to make an offer. And then we go, Oh, you know, I'm just too, too, I'm too busy today. So you can't make an offer on this property. It's like, well, I don't have time to go find another agent to make an offer. So I'm just going to miss out. I mean, I know it's not exactly the same, but it's kind of the same. Like I, yeah, I'm waiting on you. And then all of a sudden you just, say no at the last minute and now it pushes my whole project back so um. yeah that's and that's the thing with new builds and new construction back to your original point of expectations and stuff in the in the beginning um if i have a client who has a new builder any kind of new construction i tell them do not hold on to the date they give you because there's too many hands in the pot there's too many things happening behind the scenes for example exactly what happened to you over a window mm-hmm. you know like just you have to be flexible for change because it's it's too many hands in the pot too many too much out of your control it's frustrating but it is oh, what it is yeah don't even <laughs> don't get me started on that because uh, <laughs> i've got multiple new builds in contract right now and oh man there's just delays on everything um we've been some some builders are handle it really well and some uh, do not so um but it, it just like you said it all boils down to expectations and you set the right mm-hmm. expectations that house is probably not going to get completed in the time frame that they give you it's just right. not. yeah yeah so have, have flexibility or have somewhere else to go as a backup because yeah, if you have a backup have, plan have a backup plan and that's a good um I guess you can have that great, but it's a teachable moment for you, right? It's definitely teachable. And it, I think that I'll use my little behind the scenes or tip or whatever to kind of just say how important it is as a realtor um, to have to have, have preferred people, have your go-tos and have a couple. You know, I have a preferred lender. I, I don't see me needing my backup, but I have a backup. I have mm-hmm. a preferred inspection company. They are always able to get me in and my clients in very quickly. As soon as I know I'm going under contract, I text my guy and he gets me in next two days. Mm-hmm. I, if, if he couldn't, I have a backup, you know, I have a painter, I have, you know, AC guys I have, you know, electricians, I have a couple options. So that way, if one can't make it work, um, I've got a backup. Yep. Yeah, that's a good, I mean, it, it works the same. It works with lender. I just had this, this, this week with a lender that, um, we were trying to get, uh, numbers on a couple of different pricing scenarios and, uh, for the client to make an offer. And we just couldn't get an answer back and couldn't get an answer back. And finally I went to a different lender that I know and like right away, like within, 10 minutes we had the numbers so um That's great it does make a difference so it does it does and i think it's something that i want to encourage new agents with you know like okay you have your real estate license what do i do now like what what should i do like who wants to buy or sell in real estate but there's so mm-hmm. many other things that you could be working on and i think building those relationships getting your preferred people ready because when when you get a house under contract now you have to go through an inspection. Do you have a preferred inspector? Because most likely your client is not going to know what to do, where to go, who an inspector is. So have those relationships built and ready. That way you can be successful for when you are under contract. You have all the right people to in line to help you. 
Absolutely. And those people, you know, as a new agent, those people will help educate you and help you become a better agent. Hopefully if they're good relationships, mm -hmm. they should. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, I think it's a great point. All right. So we have, we've had a good episode today. We talked about several different uh, 2022 forecasts, a couple of good tips. Um, anything else you want to leave our listeners with before we head out? No, I think that, you know, stay encouraged for the year. Don't give mm -hmm. up if you're a buyer. Um, like we've talked about before, start getting prepared now to buy. Get your finances in order. Talk to a lender. Talk to a real estate professional. Start the process now. If you are looking to sell your home, meet with a professional. Just get your comps. Get the house ready. You know, start now because it, it just you don't have time to wait. You don't have you don't have time to wait. 100%, especially in this year where we talked about, we expect it to be a very busy, front-loaded real estate year. So if you're um, if you're going to be in the market to buy or to sell, get that process going and let us know how we can help you. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, we will talk to you next time. All right. Thanks, Rob. Everybody have a great day. Yeah. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Bye.